Episode 62 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and as always, I am joined by the lore connoisseur himself, Matt Martinez. Hi. Hi, Matt. Hi. And this week, once again, we are joined by the Empress of Stardew Valley, Christine. Hello. Hello. How are you both this fine Thursday evening? Great. How are you? Doing good, you know? A little tired. Been nice. busy at work, but it's finally starting to slow down after this week, so we have a, I'll have some time to breathe, as they say. That's nice. Matt's like, I wish I knew what that felt like. He's making a very <laughs> frowny face right now for those listening it's at a home. pout. I woke up on Wednesday and thought it was Saturday. Oh, that is... That's rough. Devastating. That's bad. That's bad. Oh, my goodness. Because it wasn't even like a Friday thing where you like wake up on Friday and you think it's Saturday. I'm like totally okay with that. Yeah, because that's just a Wednesday, day. Saturday. That was rough. That's a jump. That really throws your, your whole vibe off, you know? Whole vibe thrown off. You know, we're getting close to Saturday, so, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're almost there. So that's a good thing, right? Almost there. We're it almost there. I'm seeing Colin Quinn on Saturday. Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I think he's pretty funny. It's a nice throwback. As if I follow him. I don't follow him at all. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's really followed him since, like, 1990s Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I, feel like he's someone who, like, would fly under the radar and still be kind of funny, you know? Yeah, I think he could still be pretty funny as well. Uh, he was pretty good in, what was that movie with uh, Amy Schumer where she was, uh, oh, Trainwreck, that one. He I was, never saw that. He was pretty funny in that. Oh, okay. So. Well, I'll do my full review on next week's podcast. <laughs> Perfect. We'll do Matt's movie moments. (laughs) And as you notice, Manny is once again absent. And uh, I'm sorry to report, he's just got a mean case of the poops. (laughs) (laughs) It's really really rough. And so naturally, because of that, we really got to keep the house. So please follow us on social media. We are at plus one player on Twitter and Instagram. And that's at plus the number one player. We also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash plus one player. Go check out all wow. of our social media content. We post links to all of our articles. We post poll questions, which is a new thing we started to do. I know, super innovative. <laughs> Very innovative. <laughs> and we also post links to every single podcast episode that we produce. So go check us out on social media. It'll help you stay up to date on what's going on on the website, which, of course, is plusoneplayer.com. Head on over there and check out all of our content, ranging from every single article we've posted to every single podcast episode that we've produced and, of course, you can find links to our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash plus one player. We stream almost every single night of the week. I finally did my first PC stream last night, a little Elder Scrolls cool. Online. So I was excited to get that finally launched. Thanks. Shout out to Thomas from Bethesda Support. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> he finally fixed the launcher woes. So go check us out on twitch.tv slash plus one player. And we also have links on our website and the Twitter bio for our Discord community. So come on and join the conversation. We have a lot of great people in there having great conversations every single day, all night. Uh, Lately, we've actually been talking a lot about last week's episode, the Bandersnatch episode. That sparked some nice conversation. So if Hmm. you want to talk about your experience with Bandersnatch, come on and join the Discord community. We're having a good time. Unless you're racist, in which case we don't want you. Exactly. In which case, you can get stuck in the Bandersnatch in the infinite loop and we will never finish your loop no and you and you'll get the worst plot line too oh yeah 
You'll get the Netflix plotline. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so after all that, if you've enjoyed the content, if you've enjoyed hanging out in the Discord community, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, please think of throwing us a buck or two because every single dollar you throw us will go right back to the show to make it the best it could possibly be. We have an amazing group of Patreon supporters, and we'd love it if you would join that awesome group of rad friends. And of course, we cannot finish housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter, and that's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. If you don't know, Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. And with that, the house is nice and clean. So with episode 62, we have a lot of fun planned. We're bringing back a game that it's been a while. We haven't played this in a while. It's been a long time. And we're going to have some great discussions planned. And of course, today's been a world a whirlwind for news. So, I mean, we it got It really some has been the first exciting about. day in weeks. Oh really. my goodness. We have some exciting things in patch notes. It's it's going to be an action-packed episode 62. So, Matt, what is on the agenda? So, we are going to start off with Would You Rather and we're Pretty pumped that our Would You Rathers are good, so you can get excited about that. Then, our topic of the pod is we're going to have a discussion on representation in video games, prompted by the news out of the Overwatch team uh, that Soldier 76 is a gay man, and uh, the internet reaction to that. And we're going to talk about it more generally, too, and other forms of representation and um, our opinions and uh, why it's important. And then we will end the pod with patch notes, as we normally do. Just like Steve said, some exciting developments today uh, that we're going to go into and talk about a little bit more. So, Stephen, would you like to introduce the sponsor of Would You Rather? Of course. So it is my pleasure to announce that the sponsor of Would You Rather is Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries would like everyone to know that they are very near and dear to them, except for you. You know who you are, and you know we have not forgotten what you did. Oh my goodness. So that's Evil Tim Industries, the sponsor of Would You Rather. (laughs) That's a really (laughs) ominous sponsor for Would You Rather. I would hate to be whoever that was. That one person, yeah. Evil Tim Industries clearly never forgets just like pepperidge farm they always remember with the sponsor of would you rather kicking us off who would like to start the round all right let's start with this one all right would you rather the only type of levels or missions you can play in a game be underwater levels or escort missions oh that's a good one. <laughs> oh my goodness Underwater levels. Escort missions are so dumb. <laughs> and yeah. so many so many companies do them poorly. So I, I could yeah. just play Echo the Dolphin forever. <laughs> That's true. You could. I've seen a lot of games do some really cool things with underwater. So I'm going to have to go with underwater because, like you said, Matt, my God, some of those escort missions. Oh, my God, the escort got shot because they weren't moving the way they were supposed to move. <laughs> Great, mission failed. Oh, look, you were right at the end of the mission when that happened. Fantastic. Do that all over and the, again. The worst one is when 
somehow the setting for walk for the escort <laughs> is in between your walk and your run speed. So you can't run the whole time, but you can't walk the whole time or you'll fall behind. So you're like walk, run, walk, run to like stay next to them. And if you're too far away, the mission cancels. So in retrospect, not as hard of a decision as we thought at first. <laughs> I would also go underwater levels. I anytime I have to do an escort mission, I just cry. I'm like, no, this is a bad mechanic. Stop doing it. But that one day when the escort, when someone nails that escort mission, we're gonna be like, oh my god. Yeah, man. One day when someone nails that escort. <laughs> oh. Oh. Phrasing. Phrasing. I'm gonna go next. So here I go. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> would you rather? That every multiplayer game from this point on ships with a Battle Royale game mode, or every multiplayer game from this point on has cosmetic loot boxes in it. I mean, are we kind of going in that direction anyway? So yeah, I feel like a good point. every game mode is going to have both of those moving forward, so <laughs> we're really just eliminating one of them. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, eliminate the one you don't want. I would get rid of the cosmetic loot boxes just because I really don't care about cosmetics to begin with. I feel like, especially because I'll use Destiny as my example. I've always been fine with the gear I found when I was raiding and things like that. So I never felt like I need, like, oh, I need to buy that, like, what was it, the Sparrow? I don't, I don't like, I didn't need to do that. Yeah, there's would, random stuff. You'd always just Eververse. get them. So I could do without those. And I have had fun with Battle Royale. So I wouldn't mind keeping Point. that around. I have to agree because I also feel like, um, to a certain extent, cosmetic loot boxes prey on those that can't help but want it, like children. So if I had to pick one or the other, I'd rather keep Battle Royale. Mm. What about you? I'd do the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'd keep Battle Royale. <laughs> as long as there's no wall building, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> well, you can also just, like, you can shove battle royale under some multiplayer option. Like, it doesn't have to be the main point exactly. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just have it included. So my first one, would you rather have to create custom protagonists for every game you play that will not be voice acted or never be able to create a custom character again? <gasps> custom character that will never yeah. be voice acted. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I love, I mean, I'm an MMO boy, so I love <laughs> making characters. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most of the time we don't get voice acting anyway for a custom character, right? Am I just, I don't know. No, you'd make... Like every protagonist of every game, you would you would get to make them, but yeah. no protagonist of any game you ever played would have a voice. I mean, Link is the silent hero. Not that he's customizable, but yeah, but he know. goes like, uh? <laughs> so he's Tim Allen. <laughs> I mean, Final Fantasy, you get to make your character and they don't talk, so yeah, I'd much rather. But what about like? Customs. I mean, what about, like, God of War? You wouldn't have his voice. And that relationship, like, I don't know. I feel like his voice is so integral to that. Is it for every single game or, like... But that's what I'm saying. Like, you wouldn't get that character. Like, you wouldn't get a character given to you like Kratos. Like, you you would have to play God of War and create your own character. That's what it is. So, like, every game you play, you have to create the main protagonist. And there's no voice acting. So, think um... that is something to think about. Because then you lose that performance. Mm. You don't get... Christopher Judge as Kratos. Stargate! <laughs> um, yeah, and then, like, think about that. You don't get um, yeah. Jennifer Hale as Femshep. Shepard. Mm. So, yeah. I'm such a good voice actor, though, that I just do my character's voice. <laughs> the Senate whip. 
<laughs> All right, so you you're still going to stick with custom character, no voice acting. Yeah. I think I think I'd change mine in that case because I don't know that mm. I'd want to make my own Kratos and then he doesn't talk. So, mm. I, I would switch. I'd rather the voice acting in that case. Yeah, I think I would go with um never create a custom character again. Like I do like it, but I just love those stories. I love those performances. Like that is some of what really gets me into a game. Soul Calibur 6 is ruined! <laughs> yeah. Like, oh think God. about playing Hellblade without her performance. Oh, you yeah, can't. but you could make, like, Thomas the Tank Engine in Hellblade instead. <laughs> <laughs> it would be way less scary. I'll say that, because I'm playing it now, it's really scary. <laughs> I think the tone of the game might change a, uh, just a scotch, you know? <laughs> just a scotch. Just a scotch. All right, Christine, you are up again. Okay. Let's do. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be public relations manager for a developer notorious for making grand claims that can't possibly delivered? For example, Lionhead Boy. Studios, who created the Fable Ooh. games. R.I.P. Or be the lead game developer in charge of putting out the fires that mid-management causes. For example, oh, Bethesda. This is like my nightmare. <laughs> I know. You're like the HR. I would rather be lead dev because then I have power and i wouldn't have to interact with the toxic community (laughs) like i wouldn't have to interact with the toxic portions of the community in reaction to like things my studio were doing and i had to be the one to respond to it you know Mm -hmm. yeah i'd probably go that route as well yeah same not not an ideal easy peasy (laughs) no no (laughs) well uh would you rather you know yeah okay (laughs) here's mine would you rather have to play Every multiplayer first-person shooter on PC with a controller while everyone else uses a mouse and keyboard or have to play Smash Brothers with a mouse and keyboard forever (laughs) while everyone else gets to use the controller of their choice. Obviously, the GameCube one. (laughs) Oh, man. I think it would probably have to be the Smash Brothers one just because I feel like there's more opportunities where I'm going to play a first-person shooter. And, like, if I'm going to play it on a PC, I'd rather have a mouse and keyboard at this point. I agree. I'm so used to playing with the mouse and keyboard that I feel like it, it wouldn't be horrendously disadvantageous, but however you say that word. Um, disadvantageous. Yes, disadvantageous. Um, and I played Overwatch way too much, and I can't. Playing with the controller is so hard. Yeah, you'd <laughs> be at used... a massive disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, once you're used to it, you can't. So I'd rather just play Smash keyboard. What about you? That's also my answer. Wow, look at us. The other choice is foolish. <laughs> the other Unless choice you're like a Smash Pro, you know, where like yeah. you're playing in tournaments. I feel like that's... It that's would like make it right cumbersome. One. Like all of a sudden, like, hey, like gather around at the party. Let's play some Smash Bros. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. Got to go get my mouse and keyboard. <laughs> also, your mouse and keyboard is like twice the size of the actual Switch. Yeah. <laughs> the mouse is like Take the size in. of the Switch. Yeah. My next one. Would you rather have to bird box it and only play games blindfolded with someone dictating your movements or every game you play has no sound and you're not allowed to listen to music while you play? Oh, God. Um. What? Okay, What? can you explain the dictation? Like mm-hmm. the person is going to tell you what you have to do, like where you have to go, what, you, but, what buttons you have to press. <laughs> but at least you can hear it. But I can still hear it. Like, I can, like, go and listen to music. No, I said that's not allowed. 
You're not no, allowed I mean, to like listen. while I'm not playing a game, I can go and listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's just while you're playing the game, so you have to play mm. games in silence. No more drum drum game for me, I guess. I think I'd get too frustrated with the person giving me instructions. That can I... we pick who the person is? Yeah, of course. I mean, if it was Tom Hiddleston, me. I would be fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> or Aldrin. Oh my god. <laughs> Can it be a video game character telling us what to do? <laughs> sure. <Or has> yeah. <gasps> Why not? If you can somehow conjure up the video game character. Mm, Garrus, please. <laughs> Tell me where to go. I mean, if I could pick the person, that makes a difference. Because if I... I love him. But if I had to listen to Matt tell me how to play a game... God, I, I know, I'd be right? like, you need to leave. I'm not playing. I can't do this. <laughs> so are you guys... So, are you, so Christine, are you on blindfolded as long as i could pick the person yes. okay yeah what about you matt i think this is one of the rare cases where i'll choose where i'd choose to give up the sound of the game i'm going that way as well i need to be able to see what i'm doing i need to like i'm not even sure if that's it for me i think it's the like person telling me what to do would like <laughs> get on my nerves so quickly oh yeah i can see that being a very that it would just ruin situation it would just ruin every gaming experience for me so that was a heavy one that's a heavy one. My last one is much more lighthearted. All right. My last one. Would you rather be in your favorite video game but have to kill your favorite character or be your least favorite character in your favorite game? I could kill my favorite character. Rip Aldrin. If it yeah. was fitting to the narrative, I will kill my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've uh... gotten... I've gotten... I used to be like, oh, I don't want my character to die, but... With D and D and have playing D and having played D and D for a few years and being a DM, I'm like totally okay with killing characters if it oh adds to the story. My favorite in our merciless. campaign, my favorite character died. Oh yeah, and I was that. literally sobbing. I was like, oh. no. So since he's dead, I think I'd be able to kill my favorite character at this point. My heart's dead inside. We're good. Yeah, okay. I just I can't imagine playing as like. The, the worst character that would yeah, get like, annoying like playing as like the frog in star fox <laughs> or like waluigi in like skyrim like <laughs> what no. a twist that would be it's probably Wah! a mod that, that would be his fustrodo <laughs> oh my god even parthenax would be like all right dude get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah we don't even want you uh, we don't want you in any timeline. Let Alduin <laughs> just do his thing because this this shit's done. Yeah. All right. Here's my third one. Would you rather Activision buys Sony Santa Monica or Activision buys Rockstar? Activision buys Rockstar, I think, for me, because I'm not invested. This is like a hard one for Look Steve. Steve's face. <laughs> I'm not invested Ooh. in Rockstar games, but I am invested yeah. In Sony Santa Monica, I don't, I don't play Red Dead. I don't play GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. none of those. That makes so sense. that's an easy one for me. Steve looks just so distressed right now. I would have said like Activision buys Blizzard, but we know we know how that went. Yeah. So this is very difficult because both of those studios do not produce games the way Activision wants games to be produced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck. One Red Dead game every year for the next 12 I would, years. <laughs> I would say Rockstar just because they could do what Bungie was doing with Destiny, where it wasn't releasing a new game every year, but it was constantly releasing updates and new content. And that's pretty much what Rockstar does with GTA and what's the, what they're going to do with Red Dead. So I think Activision would fit Rockstar better because, I mean, look at mm. Santa Monica. With God of War, they're not doing any DLC. They're probably just working on another game that'll take years. And I doubt they're even, like, starting production on that. It's probably, like, way in the early stages of, like, hey, yeah, we'll probably do another one. But that's not how you want those games to be produced. So let them just hang with Rockstar and just keep doing updates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Steve has to take a nice long swig after that one. (laughs) That was tough. That was tough. My last one. Would you rather play every game from the perspective of the useless sidekick, i.e. Tails or Lydia from Skyrim, or every protagonist you play is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried and he talks constantly? Useless protagonist, whatever. Useless friend. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus Christ. Could not imagine having him voice every character. No, 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 yeah, yeah, just the protagonist. Imagine if he voiced every character in every game, though. That'd be so funny. (laughs) God, I would cry. No, useless protagonist oh, or sidekick. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh my God! I, it'd probably get a little old after a while, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> the useless sidekicks are useless sidekicks for a reason. Like they they're gonna play exactly as they do. Like Lydia's gonna get caught doing something stupid and get killed. Tails is gonna cost you so many rings, just all of the rings, when he gets blown up in the bonus level because he can't move quick enough. Gilbert Gottfried, though, he's just slightly funny. My Lydia, literally, I was in a dungeon in a cave, and a she got stuck in a door, tra- a metal gate trap that, like, as soon as she would get up, it would fall on her again. She's still there. <laughs> yeah. She's looping She's forever. been there for hundreds of hours. That's just how it goes with her. And that's what would happen to you. Just and you would goes. You would... Be stuck there while the main protagonist <laughs> did all the adventures in Skyrim, and you just st- stared at a wall for a hundred hours. Uh, she got oh Bander no. snatched into the door. She did. She did. Bandersnatched. I believe the past is a Bander snutch. <laughs> Sweeped the competition. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that was our game of Would You Rather. If you have a good Would You Rather for us to discuss, or if you have an answer to the one of one of the ones that uh, we asked, you should call us at three four seven five zero nine five six two zero. There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. Well, now on to the topic of the pod, which is representation in video games, uh, which we're going to have a discussion on. And the impetus, it's an SAT word, for this, <laughs> the impetus for this conversation is that over the last week, well, it was this week, right? Mm-hmm. Overwatch came out with a short story called Bastet, which is about Anna, uh, one of the healer support characters. And in it, I think towards, towards the end of the story, mm-hmm. Soldier 76, what's his real name? Jack Morrison. Thank you. (laughs) Is revealed to be gay. Well, it's uncertain if he's gay or not. But then the writer, Michael Chu, uh, revealed on Twitter that, uh, yes, in fact, Soldier 76 is gay. And it's revealed in the story via 
him and Anna talking about former relationships. And she asks about this guy named Vincent, who uh, I think had, has moved on at this point and has like a husband and a family. And soldiers, soldiers like, oh, I had to give that all up to be a part of Overwatch or whatever. And um, then she makes a comment about, you know, at least she was able to have a kid with her husband and and that's sort of where the story ends though right like after um their... that's so that happened because i i just read the story so like, oh good yeah, yeah um the general premise it is focused on anna so we get more anna lore it takes place after the comic where um they show how mm. like she got shot in the eye and it was revealed that Widowmaker was with talon and how she knew her and um, how she's become like the guardian of Egypt and she's trying to take down this corrupt politician. She ends up running a soldier 76. They agree to work together um, to take him down and then she'll help him take down Talon, which is like the opposing enemy force. So before they go to like attack, like slowly mm-hmm. take out this politician, he's looking over photos and they like reminisce about the past and then they take him down and she's like, all right, well, let's go. You know, I don't really want to do this, but let's go take care of Talon and kind of mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. all the lore that they've released is really about either pre-fall of overwatch or building overwatch back up together so mm. that's like general quick summary nice there's also this awesome anna skin in the game no which is so i think cool anyway I'm playing after really <laughs> yeah. anyway so obviously you know the internet gets involved and so there's a lot of really great support for soldier being revealed as gay and then there's also the other side of the internet which is like insane and crazy and just commenting on like oh why does this person have to be gay like now i'm not going to play overwatch blah 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 i actually didn't read much of them because i didn't really care it, i, <laughs> I feel like i just you know you, you read <laughs> yeah. one you read them all like well, yeah, yeah exactly true. and it, it's true i was reading through some of the comments and so many of them were like why does he have to be gay it's like why because the writer be wanted them to be gay yeah exactly <laughs> right it was like the writer but, of the story yeah <laughs> yeah and if and i a lot of great comments were made as a counterpoint like well if this was about jack and his girlfriend or his wife would you be reacting the same way yeah well, the answer is no. no you would of course not be. Right. so of course not of course um, not <laughs> of course not yeah which like it also prompted a lot of really great support and Mm -hmm. uh posts online that i saw too which was really cool but i think the direction of the conversation we want to have is just like why is this important why is it important to see folks that are like us in video games and have different backgrounds and different you know diversity comes in many forms Mm -hmm. it's not just sexuality or it's not just race it's also religious background it's also you know is this person like a veteran or not? You know, there's lots of different, you know, where's this person from? Where they grow up? Body types. Six, Body no, type, gender. I, mm-hmm. Gender identity. There's, mm-hmm. It's a whole spectrum of things that you can diversify characters with in video games. It's not, you're not limited to just one or two. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not just one aspect of diversity. So my response to that question, which I did write up because (laughs) I had time and it's important, (laughs) is that I think that seeing someone like yourself in whatever capacity that is, and I'll talk from my perspective, 
in media in general is just very powerful. When I was younger, I wasn't like the most dialed into movies or television shows as like a kid, but I definitely played a lot of video games. And there was like, like I was thinking today, I was like, there's legitimately like no one character that I saw myself in, in terms of my like sexuality. And of course I was like thinking about that and exploring it and didn't really even know I was gay or what that all meant or anything. But like there were actually zero characters of games I played like that. But if you're, if you were a straight white male kid, Nearly every character was someone that yeah. you could see yourself in. I didn't have in. to look far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <was> and self-aware. <laughs> you could connect on a level with that person and that video game and that plot in a way that I just couldn't. Whether it was like a decision you got to make to flirt with your female counterpart or even... Uh, even if no choice was involved, like the character was like speaking with a woman in a romantic way that just didn't resonate with me at all because, and, and that was every character. So it also likely, and maybe not just in video games, but overall in media, just furthered the thought process of like a young impressionable kid that if I wanted to be average or normal in ever in any way, I had to be like that person who was like represented in every single video game. I had to be like the masculine, straight, white character Mm -hmm. protagonist, you know? So I think that's why it's important to have that breadth and variety of representation, not only because that's literally the human race is diverse and different Mm -hmm. and interesting, but also if you're, a gay kid or a black woman or a Latina teenager or a straight white man who is doesn't identify as like being super masculine, but maybe you're more in touch with your emotions and all you see are like masculine, tough, straight white men in your video games. That becomes the image in your head of what you need to be in order to be normal or, or in order to be a, someone who plays video games. And I just think as gamers as a whole, we're just much more diverse than that. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important. That was a very well thought out answer. Yes. Well, thanks to your self-imposed question. That was a good start. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Because like I said, I I haven't had to look far for that. And like throughout my life, that's never something I've had to think about in gaming or in any type of Mm. media. I've never had to think about seeking that out to try to find something that I can relate to. And so I think that's why it's important that now, I think now more than ever though, you're seeing game devs really start to tell those different stories. Like we talked about this after the game awards that a lot of those games coming out in 2019 are doing that. They're being more diverse. And we, we've even started to see some of it over the past few years. For example, I mean, you have life is strange which is two female leads. They're young girls. They're, you know, they're doing the same thing where they're not sure what their sexuality is because Chloe is definitely uh, bisexual and then you have the choice of how you want to make Sam. So you can actually play out Mm. those decisions. And then you see what Life is Strange is doing with their second season where now they're replacing those characters with two Latino brothers. And so again, like younger, you know, 
one of them is like middle teenager and one of them is a younger um i think he's like 10 or so i have to i haven't had a chance to play that one yet but then we even saw too with far cry new dawn you have the main characters that are on that box art and that were portrayed in that main trailer to black females and so now you're starting to see that the game devs are really doing all of this and we've already seen it with lara croft and we've seen it with aloy and we've seen it with madeline and celeste we've seen it with senoa and hellblade and so you're seeing a lot of that where I feel like now more than ever, we're starting to see a lot more female protagonists, which is great. But now I think is the time where we need to start seeing it branch out even a little bit further. And I think we're starting to see the seeds planted. And the one thing that is always kind of that kick in the shins is just that very vocal minority that tries to make it, you know, all about them. And like, why does it have to be this? And I think people... Because I'm not naive. I understand where that comes from. I understand that it typically comes from a place of just vast ignorance. So I'm not naive in understanding how people think that way. I just don't comprehend why someone would. Because this is this is mostly fictional works of art. And so people are going to mm-hmm. tell the stories they want to tell. You do not have to consume them. So if it doesn't fit what you're looking for in a video game... Go check out Steam. There's probably a million games there that'll fit what you're looking for. So Whose shoes are these? Whose shoes are these? Hmm. <laughs> so I think my whole thing on it is that I think the game devs are starting, or they have been doing, and I, like as I, I just say this, just those few examples I brought up. So obviously there's probably more that even go back years before this, but lately I feel like we've been seeing it a lot more. So I think the game devs are doing the right things. It's just we need to get that vocal minority to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so from my experience, being a woman in gaming has always been a bit of a hassle because the response I will usually get is, oh, you play games? Well, like what, like Mario Kart? It's like, no, but thank you for assuming that that's yeah. all I play. And who cares if all I played was Mario Kart? You're like, it's yeah, I play game. Mario Kart exactly. and a thousand other fucking games will kick your <laughs> ass. I'll kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me one on one. Rainbow is Road. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. No items. <laughs> Smash. 1v1 me. <laughs> uh, um, Overtime. <laughs> so. Um, it is nice in a way to like see like the response to me saying, oh yeah, I play games or I ha- I'm on a video game podcast. I don't get as incredulous of a response anymore. But growing up, it was definitely, oh, well, you don't, all you do is play Pokemon. You're not a real gamer, whatever that even means. Yeah, um, that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I'm, I'm aware of my advantages and that... Yes, I'm a woman, but I am also white. So I I have more representation than, say, a Latino woman or a black woman in video games. Like, all those examples you gave, like Senua and Lara Croft, I'm so happy to see a woman kicking ass in a game and being represented fairly, but I am also where they're still applying to just one type of person. Um, the thing that always killed me was that women are so overly sexualized in games to appeal to that, you know, you know, whatever the male fantasy, I guess, you know, you know, that's always been my gripe with like a fight, like fighting games. I love Soul Calibur, but really are those costumes necessary? (laughs) It's, it's a little extra. All right. Um, and I'm also happy to see as someone who has suffered from, or, you know, continually has 
issues with mental illness, we're getting more positive representation of that in video games, like Celeste with self-acceptance and overcoming your inner issues, or Senua Sacrifice with talking about bringing up a discussion about psychosis and different mental disorders. Um, as I think that is also something that is very underrepresented mm-hmm. underrepresented in video games. So it's been it's been a good couple of years, I think. Like I feel more positive about gaming communities. Obviously, you have trolls and people that will say stupid, terrible things, and but I think we're seeing more people being positive. And like, well, why why can't we have why can't Soldier be gay? Who cares? Like, it's a fun game. It shouldn't change your experience, and if it does, it should only be in a positive way. Yeah, so. exactly. And that's what I feel like the response should be. Anytime someone's like, why does this character have to be this? And it should always just be because the writer wanted it to be that way. Yeah. This is this is their work. Like, I understand that when right. you pay for something, you I people feel like this insane sense of ownership over it. But, I mean, you're the consumer. I mean, they're putting out a product, and it's their vision. And so if they're trying to tell a specific story – they're going to write the characters the way they want to write them. And so that's why I, I've never understood why people have kind of this crazy outlook like, I want the story to be told this way. It's like, then write your own story. You yeah, have the ability. You have a thousand <laughs> other games don't, you can pick from, sweetheart. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing. It's, like, yeah. it's also like in, in, in a lot of representations of like sexuality in video games and the ones we do have, like the story with that the way that soldiers like he doesn't even come out in the story but like he comes out to the public right in the story but like it's not like he's like oh yeah i'm gay like he doesn't they're talking about like the painful relationship that he that or the positive relationship that he had to give up which was Mm -hmm. really painful for him just Mm -hmm. as anyone would talk about a a great relationship they had that they had to walk away from so like a lot of the reaction that was like oh, why, like, oh, my God, now he's gay all of a sudden? It's like, well, no, it was, like, part of his character and, like, was revealed in a very tender way, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was revealed, well, not really revealed, but it was alluded to back in the short story where Tracer was revealed as a lesbian because it showed um, Jack looking at the picture that was shown in Bastet. So, or Bastet. Bastet? I don't know, whatever. It's kind (laughs) of like my last name, actually. But oh my God, it is. Are, Steve and you know, Bastet is a cat guardian. It's a cat god, Steve. God damn it. <laughs> then it can't be me. <laughs> Wouldn't be me. <laughs> so uh, that's why it's not like something that just sprung up where it was like, hey, we're just doing this now just to do it. Like, this has probably been the story from the get go. This is just how they've been kind of slow drip feeding their lore. And. It's a right. pretty cool way to do it because it's a multiplayer only game. So how else are you going to get the lore, like the background of the world out there and like these characters and why they're doing what they're doing in the first place. So I, I love the way they tell the story and I'm glad mm-hmm. that they keep, it's almost like a comic book, you know, where they just kind of keep building on it. So it's always something new that you can find out about these characters. And that's, what's cool that they keep adding new characters as well. Yeah. And you know, what's, also been kind of interesting is that some of the responses to this people are saying like oh they're just covering up for that uh the overwatch contender scandal the ellie situation where so overwatch contenders is um it's a high level tournament series for aspiring pro players who want to eventually get to the overwatch league so there was a team that had signed on a player going by the name of ellie 
uh, that everyone... And they signed them on, like, last minute because they needed an extra player for their team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it was assumed that Ellie was female. However, there was no further information given. Eventually, they were doxxed. They quit the team, and it was revealed that Ellie was actually a male player pretending to be a female, and which is kind of, like, shitty, but... It's also an, almost like an interesting experiment because of the instantaneous response of like, oh, it's a like, oh, OK, she's a pro female player. OK, well, what are her stats? What does she do? Like just this whole and that it's appropriate to dock someone and get their personal information. And we saw the same thing in the Overwatch League. Well, with the Ellie situation, like there was horrible backlash against her because she was a woman. Like, yeah. because everyone, you know, when she was presenting as a woman, everyone was, like, harassing her for being a woman, trying to make it in Overwatch, which was terrible. And then when the person behind Ellie revealed that he was actually a guy, <laughs> all of these, like, important women gamers were like, oh, it must be so nice to, like, not be able to handle, like, to be able to to pretend to be a woman and experience all the hatred and then uh, be like oh no i'm just a man i was doing an experiment and yeah. then mm-hmm. not have to experience that hatred anymore which was just like oh yeah. my god yeah. this it was just horrible the yeah. whole situation yeah. was horrible on so it's many absolutely levels awful exactly and it's like that's all real stuff that happens so we had her name is uh seyoung Guguri kim she's a south korean player who signed on with the shanghai dragons for overwatch league and she had to prove that she wasn't cheating because everyone claimed she My wasn't God. as good as she was by showing different matches within a controlled setting, showing her mouse hand to prove she wasn't, like, aimbotting or cheating. But I don't know any male Overwatch players mm-hmm. or anyone yeah. that had to do that to prove they weren't. And, it, it's, know, and that's it's where crazy. and that's where it comes into play that just that vocal minority that really is trying to keep everything just in like the 1800s like stop i just honestly don't understand it i don't like i said i understand where it comes from but it baffles me that we're still at that point where like people still treat people that way for no fucking reason Mm -hmm. other than the fact that it's a girl playing a video game or it's you know it's somebody with an accent playing a video game and so that's why like we've talked about before I fucking hate part like voice chat. I'll I'll just do party <laughs> chats because I can't yeah. stand listening to some of the shit that gets spewed out on there, and that's why I, I avoid a lot of forums because a lot of that's the same way. Like, there's definitely good ones out there, but I feel like that just opens you up to the chance to see some of that shit. And so that's why I kind of want to keep the focus on the fact that I think like the debt, the devs, and then game companies like what Microsoft did this year too with the accessibility controller for people with disabilities. Oh, like, incredible. there's there's so many good things that are happening in the gaming world that is trying to be inclusive. It's trying to get more diverse. I think there's definitely still room for improvement. I think that there definitely needs to be more people of color as main protagonists in games and not just fulfilling like the old stereotypes. That's why I was stoked in Spider-Man to see Miles Morales pop up because Mm -hmm. you know he's going to be a focal point as this series moves on. So I think that there's, and then you saw how great into the spider verse was and the reception that got so good. So you're starting to see these forms. And of course, I mean, black Panther. So like, you're starting to see like all of these awesome forms of entertainment. And it's just like, once everyone just kind of realizes this is just amazing storytelling and doesn't start nitpicking things that don't need to be nitpicked. Everybody has such a better time and we Mm -hmm. get some great, 
joy. Like we've had some awesome experiences, whether it be in video games, movies, or TV over the past couple years. And it's because these writers and these developers, they all feel empowered to actually tell these stories. And you have these companies that are giving them the platform to express those stories. So I'm really excited to see what these devs are going to keep doing moving forward. Yeah. I'm also like the people that react so negatively to this stuff and like continue to harass people like even as the game industry does i think generally move in a good direction for representation like i'm totally fine with just leaving those people behind like Mm -hmm. i do not care about them or the hatred that they have inside them and enjoy expressing towards other people like i do not care (laughs) they can they can stay behind and you know a lot i feel like a lot of their opinions could just come out of some area of fear where like you know i you know when i played video games growing up like all these people were like macho white men and i'm into that and why aren't games like that anymore uh and they just like revert to to this fear of like now all their video games aren't going to have white men as the protagonists. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, they like, you can react that way or you can react like, Oh wow, this is so cool. There's so many different characters in the game. Like it can just be, it can just be as simple as that. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so many different like characters with so many different perspectives and backgrounds <laughs> yeah. in this game. And yep. and then the horrible side of that is the folks that are like, Oh my God, this isn't like it used to be. And, and that's where that, fear and hatred just mm-hmm. comes from and um yeah i don't i don't have time for that anymore i'm yeah, yeah i'm getting old yep. so like <laughs> i'll just leave those people behind it doesn't matter anymore i'm not playing I'm looking overwatch forward. anymore good i don't want to play with you good yeah, exactly. that, yeah. i love those responses they're like <laughs> yeah. good get out of there we're sick <laughs> yeah, of muting your voice don't chat. want you in here <laughs> right there's like work to be done and we need more underrepresented minorities playing protagonist roles, just like you said, Steve. But I think in general, we're moving in a in the right direction. I think we really have to push further in that direction. And I think the I think though game devs are trying really hard to do mm-hmm. that, which is great. Um, I think uh, I think the companies themselves need to re- be represented that way as well. So having more women work in those companies yeah. and seeking those folks up, out um, at the game awards discussion. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Having more people of color in organizations and, you know, being able to contribute, you know, I'm in recruiting. So like, I know what it takes to, for those things to happen. And it's, it's possible. It takes work, but it's possible to really build out a company to be as diverse as the games that you want to offer. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that as we move forward, games will be even more diverse and, and positive communities of gaming, you know, just online will also be more prevalent. There's a lot I see on Twitter going on of just like positive, welcoming, diverse communities. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. But those haters can not listen to this podcast. We actually have a, a voicemail <laughs> on the topic from our good friend Liz in the Discord. Oh, hey, nice. Hey, Liz. Hey, guys, it's Liz from the Discord. I'm just calling in regarding representation in gaming regarding the new Overwatch story with uh, Soldier 76. I think it's so important for stories like that to come out on social media because it gives people um, ways to discuss diversity and just things that aren't normally talked about in traditional, you know, strike 
straight white male cultures, like in gaming and tech and all sorts of things. And um, representation is so important because it gives it relatability for people. Uh, for someone like me, who's a woman, who's Latina, who, you know, does gaming and tech and all these, like, male-dominated things, um, to see other people who are relatable to me gives me inspiration to do other things in life. And uh, it's just really, really cool. And it also the most important thing about representation in things like gender, sexuality, racial diversity, it gives us ways to talk about the really bad toxic culture that surrounds things like it gaming and gaming studios and development things like that so um yeah representation is super important in gaming and all sorts of other fields and um i think we need to talk about it more uh especially on social media so thanks love you guys sub to plus one player talk to you later bye love you liz Thank what you a good so voicemail. Much. That was a yeah, great that was, voicemail. That was a solid voicemail. I feel Excellent. like she almost summarized like everything we just. <laughs> I talked feel like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't need to record for over an hour. Just play Liz's <laughs> voicemail. So just fast forward to about an hour in and play the one minute and thirty second voicemail, and that sums up the episode. But in all honesty, that that's just exactly what we've been talking about. When you see that, whether it be in games, television, media, whatever it does give you that little bit of hope because it gives you that relatability factor. And like I said, like I've never had to seek that out. I've never had that problem. I've never been in that situation where like, oh man, I really need to find a TV show that fits exactly what I'm going through because it's pretty common, you know? I'm just like a middle-class straight white dude. So it's it's basically as average as it gets, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> but no, that was, a, that was a fantastic voicemail. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, yeah. Liz. I also have many, like, a lot of my closest friends are straight white men, and I value their backgrounds and diverse, you know, experiences as well. I think the point is that representation includes so many more backgrounds as well, so I don't want to discredit, you know, your experience. Oh, no, no, I know. I, I, I poke fun at no, it just or because like, it's, like, the most common one. <laughs> yeah, no, or, like, or, like, some of our listeners' experiences either, who are white, white straight men. But um, games have represented white straight men for a very long time and have not represented other folks for a very long time. So mm -hmm. it's important to see representations of those other folks in games as well. Yeah. Yeet. That was, uh, I felt that was a good, solid conversation. I know that there's yeah. probably plenty of stuff that we missed because honestly, we could talk about that for days and I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of people out there who have their own thoughts on it. So if you want to share your thoughts on how you think representation is going currently in gaming and where you think it could improve in certain areas, give us a call just like Liz did at 347-509-5620. Cool. Well, let us then move on to patch notes. This is patch notes 1.10.19, where we update you on the latest gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Big day for news. Steven, why don't you update us first? So we've had quite a busy day today with news. So many people might have seen that Red Dead got Battle Royale mode. GameStop is currently being two companies are in a bidding war over that but what i found today mm. very interesting from gamesindustry.biz by rebecca valentine amazon reportedly developing its own game streaming service oh 
Amazon may have joined Google and Microsoft in development of a game streaming service that would purportedly allow users to ditch physical disks and downloads and simply play games by streaming them over the internet, according to a recent report. The two people in the know spoke to the information about Amazon's ambitions to begin its own service for streaming gameplay online, which reportedly wouldn't be available until 2020 at the earliest. However, Amazon is already apparently in talks with publishers about possible titles that would be distributed as a part of the service. Hmm. In March of last year, Amazon launched Game On as a cloud-based tool to streamline the process of developers adding leaderboards, leagues, other competitions, and real-world prizes to their games. Should such a service come to fruition, Amazon wouldn't be alone or necessarily at the forefront of such technology. Microsoft, in particular, has been the subject of such conversations throughout 2018 with reports of it developing the streaming-only console for debut in 2020 and the far more concrete announcement of its Project xCloud service dropping in October of last year. And so Google also did the trial run of their streaming service this past October with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So we've talked about this multiple times that it seems like game streaming is where the industry is heading. And mm. so it's very peculiar to see Amazon dip its toes here because as we know, Jeff Bezos owns a lot of fucking things. I have yeah. a lot of feelings about Amazon. I'm not going to lie. Two-day shipping and cheaper product is great, but they treat their employees like shit. They There's no regulation on Amazon. It's insane. Yeah. And now it's uh, like, like oh, as what? a monopoly. Yeah, yeah, it is a monopoly. It is. And he's yeah. sitting there going, hmm, what else could I dip my little toesies into? Video games. He's That's trying what to dump into video games. Days. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're already doing it with Twitch Prime. Like, they own Twitch. Yeah, it's already so. linked. And it's obviously they're not the only company doing it. But it's, I worry because, like, Microsoft is known, it's technology, it's video games. But Amazon. You're my shopping service. I should yeah. like you. I don't feel they have a place in doing that. There's so many other options that are probably would treat devs better, or just I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about Amazon. That are I'm not pretty good. skeptical about them launching it myself because, like you said, I don't know if they have the means to produce. I mean, they have the money. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think mm-hmm. they have the wherewithal or the know-how to right. build a successful game streaming service and to like woo publishers. Like publishers. I'm sure money will go so far, but they're also going to go with the, the the service that's going to best support their product. Right. And so when they're going to look at like established companies like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, they might be like skeptical and be like, well, why join your service? Like, what can you offer me? So it depends on what they can kind of put together. I don't doubt that they can probably put a streaming infrastructure together. Mm-hmm. I imagine they have the technology and like the server capacity to try to pull that off. Like I know Google probably has a chance to do it as well. So it's very interesting to see because I'm, I don't know how I feel about like the whole streaming thing. Like I think it's a cool concept, but I, I see, I envision a lot of mm-hmm. roadblocks is what I see. Mm-hmm. Always online is very, it's a dangerous situation if you can't yeah. play yeah. games offline. Yeah. Like I have the, um the PlayStation, the, what is it like the i forget what it's playstation now yeah i have that and i actually really like it because they have so many games and now there's certain games where you can actually just download it and yeah that's what piqued my interest yeah it's awesome and honestly i don't have connectivity problems with it so oh cool i i enjoy it as a streaming service because there's so many games it's pretty in my case it's pretty reliable and now they have the option of you can download certain games to play offline. So I might have to revisit getting a subscription of that. Mm-hmm. I thought about it once. 
Do you just do it for? I think it's ten dollars for. Oh no, I think that was the sale. It's like twenty bucks. Just try it for one month, and if you don't like it, don't renew it. Good call. Wonder if Amazon would just like buy Steam. They could, man. They could afford it, probably. And honestly, like like we've talked about, Steam could use a little bit of a revamping. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we know my feelings about that. All right. Well, thank you, Steve, for that update on Jeff Bezos's head. Christine, what is your patch notes? My patch notes comes from Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku. PUBG bans pro players and 30,000 others for cheating. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, uh, coming from the article, last month, a team at PUBG conducted a global investigation on all the currently active professional PUBG players to see if any of them were using a cheat that until recently had been very hard to detect. Turns out that a ton of them were, so now they've received lengthy bans from the game up to three years. Um, And the European team, Sans Domicile Fix, has lost its contenders league sport uh, because two of the cheating players and the two who knew were from that squad. Um, And suspended players have to be replaced. So the cheat was only referred to as an unauthorized program, Oh, and it was essentially a radar hack that uses a VPN to read packets of game data being sent to servers, not the game files themselves, which is why it's been so hard to detect and allow players to view their opponent's location on a separate screen to the one they're playing on. So I think that's pretty interesting that I'm one, I'm glad that they were able to investigate and find find it. But that's a lot of people over 30,000. Are you kidding me? That's so, so many. Yeah, and now it's like a huge blow to their esports because of this. They have to replace suspended players and find new teams. Um, and they and it's this is also from the article. It says that the game acknowledges when it says that this particular cheat has been severely damaging the integrity of the game. So it's just absolutely crazy, and I'm glad they were able to catch it. But man, people are jerks. <laughs> I know. Cheating in competitive yeah, games is so ridiculous. Like, it is. What's the point? What, just what's the point of playing if you're... Well, <laughs> I don't know. Because they want to win money. That's <laughs> yeah, my assumption. Really I, I also think like aimbotting and stuff is like so odd. Yeah, like, especially like the best is with your quick play and someone's aimbotting. It's like, what are you getting from this? <laughs> I need to level up to get loot <laughs> yes. boxes. You know, yeah, like, like what yeah, are you... It's kind of odd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I Matt. I just want to see the world burn. <laughs> That's it. Matt, what do you have for news? I hear you got some Hot juicy juices. <laughs> oh, my God. Four hours ago, I saw some tweets. Jason Schreier tweeting out that there was going to be a, a team meeting at Bungie. I was there <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> um, I did somehow read the tweet like right it was as it was posted. It was very weird. It's good timing. Des- you know what the, yeah, could you, you say? Could, wait, could you say it was destiny? You could. <laughs> uh, and he writes: Developer Bungie and publisher Activision are splitting up, an industry-shaking divorce that will see the shared world shooter series Destiny enter fully into Bungie's control. And that's really all you need to know. Um, <laughs> Bungie is splitting from Activision, which is insane. Bungie originally created Halo. That's what they were famous for, for Microsoft. And then in 2007, 
uh, they were purchased by Microsoft and then in 2007 broke from Microsoft. And then so they signed, Bungie signed a 10-year publishing deal with Activision in 2010. And so, you know, just just now, literally today, Bungie announced that partnership's over uh, and it'll take over publishing Destiny in the future. So this will be really interesting. There's also a blog post on there on Bungie's homepage that you can read. Yep. But this will be interesting because we will find out whether or not the problems with the original, with the first year of Destiny 2, were those, were those truly Activision problems or were they Bungie problems? Yeah. Because they're, they're likely going to release Destiny 3 sometime in the near future. And if if the first year of Destiny 3 sucks, like like Destiny, the first year of Destiny 2, then like we'll know, oh, wait, this was just Bungie. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't think that'll happen because we're seeing in real time how Activision is just screwing over Blizzard. It's uh, bananas. <laughs> it is bananas. So I don't think that'll happen, but like we will learn whether or not that's true. And then the other possibility is that Bungie's just snatched up by someone else. Like they could, I could see them going back to Microsoft. I actually have a, a, a rebuttal to that because I saw a pretty oh, really? good, a pretty good point from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. Uh-huh. You can find him at DMC underscore Ryan. He goes because this was in response, so he tweeted it out. The original one. He goes, "Wow, that makes two major industry players that Bungie has divorced themselves from." Please note, yeah. I'm not casting any judgment whatsoever with that. We were racking our brains in the office trying to think if it's ever happened before with any other developer, right? <laughs> and so he follows it up with. Also, you can all stop with the Microsoft should bring them back post. Do any of you really think Bungie would walk away from their entire PlayStation install base slash fan base? It ain't happening, and I doubt it'd be a Minecraft kind of situation where Microsoft publishes on PS4, PS5. So I, I do think it's a good point because I PS4 just announced they sold over 91 million copies now. So there's yeah. 91 million PlayStation players out there who there's a good chunk of players who do play destiny on ps4 especially so, when it was it was free as for ps plus members oh yeah exactly like i have it installed but i haven't played it yeah but i have it and um i think i can easily see some big name publishers snagging them though oh for because sure. they're yeah, yeah. they're gonna make a ton of money and as long because i i agree with you i don't think it was a bungee thing i think if they have the time to make the game they want to make i think we're good because we all saw when they actually had time and they could see like, all right, this is what we did wrong. Now we make a cool, you know, DLC for it that actually changes the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, we'll see. In a way, I'm like, thank God. God bless you, Bungie, for getting out. <laughs> because... <Yeah. laughs> Because we've been, I mean, you've been Blizzard, talking about this for it. so long that, like, how you wanted Bungie to be separate because you were disappointed with how Destiny started, but loved how it came around, and uh, you, uh, you've been right on this by your thoughts saying it's been Activision meddling. So now we find out, and That's you have cool. the, you have a real chance to be like, I was right, or you might just be like, Fuck, I was so wrong, man. Did <laughs> <laughs> you take a long oh, drag no. of a cigarette? Some <laughs> angry, some angry Twitter user is gonna. Be like, remember on episode <laughs> whatever you said this? And I'll be yeah. like, God damn it, you fool. So honestly, I think it's good news for Bungie fans. Yes, I agree. It's it's definitely something I know we're all going to be like keeping an eye on because it's like, oh my God, like what's going to happen next? What's the result of this? Oh my God. I'm When you posted that today, I was like shook. Like, what? 
No, they didn't. And they broke yeah, contracts like early. Surprising. They signed a 10-year contract. So yeah. from 2010 it'd be 2000. Yeah, that report was like it's been rocky for a couple of years and I think everybody knew that. I think everybody yeah. could sense that from what was going on with Destiny 1. And so mm-hmm. well, hopefully everything's for the better. We yeah. they Bungie first realized things were going downhill when they received a text message from Activision that said I I want to smell you. <laughs> that was a that was a packed a packed patch notes. Packed patch notes. All right, Steve, would you like to close out our episode? We do actually have one more voicemail. So I want to play this one because it's uh, our good friend Reese calling in. It's actually in response to the spoiler podcast that we did, um, the three of us. So now the three of us are back together, so now we can respond. So here it comes from our our good buddy Reese. Hey, players. Reese calling. Just listened to your excellent episode uh, in which you discussed spoiler culture. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to share my opinion about one of the things that you mentioned that I happen to disagree with. Um, your your stance was that there's a point at which the responsibility for avoiding spoilers shifts from the writer, uh, you know, as a general term for anyone providing information, whether it's speech or whatever, and the reader, you know, the person receiving that information. Uh, and that that responsibility shifts after a certain point. I actually disagree with that. I think that there's always a shared responsibility um, in that it is always the writer's responsibility to make sure that there's enough context so that anybody who wishes to avoid spoilers knows what is in the content of what they're consuming beforehand if there are major plot points revealed. Um, and, of course, the responsibility of the reader is always to be selective and thoughtful about uh, what they choose to consume so that they're not – they do avoid uh, spoilers that they don't want to see. For whatever reason, you know, people have different tolerances for that kind of thing. Um, you know, recent recent examples, I think, are is that with Smash uh, coming out, certain people wanted nothing to be revealed beforehand, and then would complain in the Smash forums when people were discussing information revealed in Nintendo Directs, and that's just ridiculous. That is on the the responsibility of the reader to say, like, if I want to come into this. 100% pure, I need to not go to the Smash forums. Um, similarly, if somebody's reviewing a game that just came out, I think it's reasonable for a reader to expect that early game plot points will be revealed, and certainly anything promotional material. But if the writer wants to dig a little bit deeper into, like, do a deeper analysis piece uh, revealing some later game plot points, I think that's the kind of thing that's important to state at the outset. Um, anyway, guys, that's that's just my take. Uh, keep up the good work. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. I agree with all that. Yeah, I guess. thank you very much for that yeah. call, Reese. Because I'm in the same boat. Like, I think that's what we were trying to get to. We we probably just didn't word it the right way. Because I do believe that there needs to be something in there where if you're going to do that deep dive as you know a writer, anybody producing some type of content where you're delivering information, as Reese put it, you do need to let them know like this is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about you know, end game content just by the nature of, you know, discussing the moral decisions based on a character or something like that. Like that, if you kind of have that title or that first paragraph where you're outlining, this is what we're about to discuss. That gives the reader the chance to back out. But then I agree with him where as the reader, you got to be able to avoid some shit. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not hard to add like a two sentence tagline, like beware, Mm -hmm. there may be spoilers, right? Like, you know, and it is partially on the reader to be like, maybe I should be a little bit careful about where I'm looking if I want to avoid certain things. Yeah. So great voicemail, Reese. Thank you. 
So all in yeah, all, thank you. What an episode! Two solid voicemails, great conversation, yeah, packed great patch notes. Would you rather's coming out our ears. So now I think it's time we finally wind down episode 62. We've had a lot of fun, as I just mentioned. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episodes, please think about going onto whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, any one of those, go give us a like, give us a review, subscribe to us. It means a lot. It goes a long way. We really appreciate all the support. And of course... If you've had fun with us this week or any of the past 61 episodes, it's been a wild ride. Think about heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, like I said at the outset of the show, throw us a buck or two because every single dollar we get goes right back to the show to make it the best it can possibly be. You can join that rad group of supporters that we love so much and they mean the world to us. So with all that, we've had a lot of fun this week, just as we always do, and we're hoping you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon. Amazon may have joined Google and Microsoft in development of a game streaming service that would... Uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>